Welcome to our sermon. I am Pastor Nathan Escarga, and I am sure that God will speak to you through his word today. Lord, you want to speak to every heart and life today. And Lord, this word is not just meant for those that are here or online. But Lord, as we, as we take hold of this word, it is for the life of those that don't know you, that are lost, that are in darkness, they're stumbling, they're wandering, they're, they're, they're dead in trespasses and sins. And Lord, even as we take hold of this word today, that we would bring life, we would bring light, we would bring life to those that are dead and those that are in darkness and that we would do so in the power of the Holy Spirit, Jesus, that you would be exalted. And everyone says, amen, amen. Praise the Lord. So good to have you here and we continue on. Uh, and uh, I don't know if we'll go past this Sunday, but this is the part eight of the Holy Spirit uh, series. And today, uh, I've entitled this, The Promise of the Father. The Promise of the Father. And we're not just talking any father. We're talking God the Father. I, uh, I know what it is when you promise your child something. They're, they're pretty persistent about making sure that they get what you promised them. The Father has promised us something, not just something, but has promised the Holy Spirit to us. The fullness of the power and the wisdom of the Holy Spirit to us. It's guaranteed. And oftentimes when we, as children, think back, if there was something that your father promised you, once again, there was a persistence to get that which the, the Father promised, your Father promised. This morning, if you have not received and been baptized in the Holy Spirit, that you would be persistent and come to Jesus Christ and you would say, Jesus, I want the promise of the Father. I need the promise of the Father. And today we're just, I'm going to look into this. We're going to, uh, I want you to, I want you to pay very close attention to the word of God because there's going to be a lot of the word of God today. And I want you to grab a hold of it. This, listen, the Lord is coming back and you've heard me say this. Numerous times, the Lord is coming back for a glorious church, not a defeated church. He is coming back for a glorious church without spot or wrinkle. And that glorious church is a church that will be operating in the power of the Holy Spirit. And we need the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives today. And if there has been an infilling of the Holy Spirit that we would not be quenching or stopping and grieving the Holy Spirit, but that we would be saying, yes, Lord, I surrender and submit to you and that the power of the Holy Spirit would flow through me and that there would be life flowing from me, that I would be led 
by the Spirit of God, that I would be driven by the Spirit of God to impact and touch other people that do not know God or those that are struggling, brothers and sisters that need to be encouraged, that need to be lifted up by their brother and sister that is walking with the Lord in the power of God. A glorious church without spot or wrinkle. And the Father, the promise of the Father is this, that you would receive the Holy Spirit. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, today's the day of Pentecost, according to the Jewish, Jewish calendar, 50 days from the, the Passover to Pentecost, 50 days. And it says, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, and let me just say, the, the, the Pentecost the festival of Pentecost was basically a festival of the harvest, the first of the harvest coming in. And it was on that day, it was not by chance, that the Holy Spirit fell on the early church. And it says that they were all with one accord in one place. And I pray to God that that's what it is here this morning, that every single one of you, with myself included, that we would be in a place of being in one accord to say, I want and I need the promise of the Father in my life. If it's not happened already, Lord, fill me with your spirit. And if it has already happened, Lord, that there would be rivers of living water flowing from me, that I would not stifle your spirit in my life. You want to work through me. Lord, we are in agreement for you to work through us by your spirit. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they, they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. When I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, there was a very similar situation like this. I don't know if there was 120, but there was somewhere between at least 75 to 100. Maybe there was 120. And we were waiting. We were in one accord, youth. It was youth camp, and the ages were from 14 to around 18. And we were together in the choir loft, in the, like an upper room perhaps. And we were waiting. The preacher had finished preaching. And it was, I don't know what it was about, but I'll tell you, it must have been about being filled with the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit. And I can remember just, I was there and, and as a 14-year-old, desiring the Holy Spirit and the, the power of the Holy Spirit. Didn't understand everything about it, but I want the power of the Holy Spirit in my life. I can remember, must have been end of July or in August, beginning of August, when this youth camp, it was the very first youth camp for that camp that had been set up in the 50s. I believe it was in 1977 that I was uh, 14, going on, on 15. Uh, but the Lord, like this, the Holy Spirit fell on us all at once. It was, I've never experienced it again. 
like that. The Holy Spirit falling on all of us at the same time. And the next thing, people, young people, began to do exactly as they were filled with the Holy Spirit, they began to speak. We began to speak with other tongues as the Holy Spirit gave us the utterance. Listen, this is not something for, that stopped 2,000 years ago, but this sign of the Holy Spirit and being filled with the Holy Spirit began to speak with other tongues in another language. Began to speak in another language. I just say, thank you, Lord, for that, for the power. Listen, at that point, things took off in my life. I had been saved from seven years of age, another seven years before I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, but it has not stopped. The leading and guiding of the Holy Spirit has not stopped in my life since that point. And I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm perfect. I'm far from perfect. But man, does the Lord God want to use us even as flawed vessels he wants to work through us. I say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You're an amazing God. Why? Why do we need the power of the Holy Spirit? And Jesus said in Acts 1.8, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me. To be a witness to the Lord Jesus. A witness is close. They're there. They see. I'm a witness to Jesus Christ. In Jerusalem, way back then, and spreading out to Judea, and going from Judea into Samaria, and even now to the end of the earth, not just geographically, but also chronologically. The end of time as we know it before the Lord comes back. Listen, just in the last week, I share this with a few uh, already. In the last week, there's been a complete difference or a, a, a different viewing of when Jesus said, the harvest is ripe and the laborers are few. Because I always thought, I always looked at, at that as a very negative comment, as in there's not enough laborers. Because... People just don't want to go out. They don't want to be a witness. So they just don't want to do, they don't want to see other people saved. They don't want to, to, to move in the power of the Holy Spirit. They don't have compassion for their loved ones that aren't saved. And so to me, it was a very negative statement. There's just not enough people to share the gospel. Today, I, or this past week, I saw it differently. Jesus is saying, the harvest is ripe. It is so, it is ripe. What, what does that mean, the harvest is ripe? We're talking about people are ready to give their life to Jesus. People are ready to give their life to Jesus. Hallelujah. And so... The Lord is saying in these last days that the harvest is ripe. Don't say, well, we've got to wait another three or four months. The harvest is ripe now, and it's been all along. There's been a ripe harvest for people to get saved, and there's not enough people 
to bring in this great harvest. It is just so extensive. I believe that in these last days, I am believing, Lord God, that there would be not just a few hundred or a few thousand saved, but globally, that there would still be, before the Lord comes, I would say, I would say, Lord, let there be a billion people still saved or more. And this is what the Lord, the Lord's heart is, I do not want the death of a sinner, but that they would come to repentance, that they would turn from their headlong rush to, to hell, that they would turn to me, do a 180 and turn to me, and that they would be saved. They would repent from their sin and their, the direction that they're heading in, and they would believe on Jesus, believe in the gospel. And it is us. I, I just find it just a beautiful thing that the Lord Jesus, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit say, hey, Dave, I want you to be a part of this. And he's saying the same thing to each one of you. I want you to be a part of the work that is there. I'm going to be with you, that Jesus said. All power, all authority has been given to me on heaven and on earth. I want you to go out and make disciples in all nations and of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them all things that I've commanded you. And lo, I will be with you right until the end of the age. The Lord Jesus wants for his will to be done, and he wants to, to do it through us. And I just say thank you, Lord, for the honor and the privilege of being able to lead someone else to Jesus Christ. That each and every one of us, listen, that this place would not be able to contain those that are coming to the Lord. That we're going to have to go not just have one service, but we're going to have to have two. And if we're not just going to have to have two, that we're going to have to have three and more. And just because there are so many people getting saved, the Holy Spirit desires to empower you. And for many, you've been empowered by the Holy Spirit. And it's the Holy Spirit unctions you. And sometimes we resist the Holy Spirit. I'll tell you, if you wake up every morning... And you say, yes, I want to be used by you. I'll tell you right now, you will be used by God to be a witness to somebody of Jesus Christ. A witness unto Jesus, to whoever you're with. A power, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. I pray that this would take place this morning on you. Peter preached Jesus Christ and him crucified in the power of the Holy Spirit, and 3,000 people were saved in just one moment of time. And even as he preached, Jesus Christ and him crucified, it says in Acts 2.36, Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now when they heard this, they were cut to their hearts. And said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what should we do? What shall we do? And Peter said to them, repent. And let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promises to you and to your children and to all who are far off. As many as the Lord our God will call the promise of the Holy Spirit in, the, in your life. Even as you give your life to Jesus. The Holy Spirit already, the earnest of the Spirit comes, that seal of the Spirit on our life. 
And the Lord God is saying, but I want you to have the promise of the Spirit, the fullness of the Spirit, without measure, the same Spirit that was upon Jesus and that was flowing through Jesus, the same Spirit, nothing different. Hallelujah. Jesus did not operate on this earth as the Son of God. He was the Son of God, but he didn't operate in, the, in that divinity. In Philippians 2, it talks about putting aside that. And he was humble before God. He humbled himself before the Lord, and he was led by the Holy Spirit right to the cross. And in the midst of all of that, there were people that came to know Jesus. At this, in this upper room, there was 120 that said, we need the power of the Holy Spirit because Jesus said, to receive the power we want to receive by faith. And so that promise of the Father is for today. And it says, with many other words, Peter testified and exhorted them, saying, be saved from this perverse generation. This series started, and one of the messages was this perverse generation, and it is perverse. And the Lord wants to save this perverse generation. He loves the sinner doesn't love the sin, but he loves the sinner and he desires for them to be saved. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. Praise God. The promise of the Father, the Holy Spirit working through Peter and the boldness of, of Peter to, to preach Jesus Christ and him crucified and 3,000 people were added just in, in one message. One opportunity to preach. The promise of the Father, it is, it is a guarantee from the Father saying, I'm promising you the Holy Spirit, the power and the wisdom of God to us. And being assembled together with them, this is Jesus, assembled together with those early saints 2,000 years ago, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. The promise of the Father, guaranteed to you, and the Lord is saying, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. There is an opportunity today that you would be baptized in the power of the Holy Spirit. You might say, who is it that baptizes? John the Baptist said, there is one that's coming. I'm not even worthy to, to unlatch his sandals. He will baptize you in the Holy Spirit and in fire. Things of fire to burn up, things that don't belong, and that there would be a passing on even as the flame goes through our life and our heart that it would impact others as well. The power of the Holy Spirit in our lives, that it would impact others. Jesus is ready to leave this planet. The last thing he says before he leaves, wait for the promise of the Father. Be baptized in the Holy Spirit. 
Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. And I want you not to get sidetracked by, well, what about this and what about that? If you are not filled with the Holy Spirit, that you would seek the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Let it happen today. And if you have been filled with the Holy Spirit, that you begin to say, Lord, use me today. Use me today to bring in the harvest. The harvest is so great that we, there's... The Lord is saying, pray to the Lord of the harvest that there would be laborers to take it in. My prayer is, Lord, let there be laborers even from this church that every single one of you would be a laborer. Can you imagine if each one of you just shared the gospel and the power of the Holy Spirit? Next week there would be double as there's a response to the Holy Spirit, the, the, the gospel. There would be double. And the following week, even as those that are added to the church, would be another doubling already in, in just in two weeks. We would not be able to have enough room in this place. The Lord is coming soon, and He loves even the perverse generation. And He says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and Judea, Samaria, to the end of the earth. Now when he had spoken these things, while they watched, he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. The last thing he said, receive the power, the promise of the Father. You know what? As a result of what happened last or 2,000 years ago, at this point, there are hundreds of millions of believers on this planet. I would say it's more than one in ten are believers. I would say one in ten are spirit-filled. And that those of, of, of us that are filled with the, the Holy Spirit, have been baptized in the Holy Spirit, every morning you wake up, Lord work through me. I'm available to, to preach the gospel and, and live the gospel to others. They will see there's a difference in who I am. As I said, I believe that there could be a billion people saved before Jesus comes back. Why not? Why not? Hallelujah. In the power of the Holy Spirit, this promise is to the Gentiles. And there's a, there's a passage that I'm going to uh, refer to shortly. But in Acts chapter 15, there's an, uh, there's an inferring to an incident that happened. And it would have been a number of years later. And it's referred to in Acts 15 verse 8. It says, so God who knows the heart acknowledged them. The Gentiles, what's a Gentile? A Gentile is someone that is not a Jew. So if you're not Jewish, you're a Gentile. I'm a Gentile. I'm not Jewish. I'm a Gentile. So God who knows the heart acknowledged the Gentiles by giving them the Holy Spirit just as he did to us and made no distinction between us and them, purifying their hearts by faith. So we're going to get to that place. Let me just share from Acts chapter 11 from 1 to 18 because 
basically, Peter, who was used to share with the Gentiles, the Lord by the Holy Spirit basically repeats from Acts chapter 10 to Acts chapter 11. It's repeated again, and it's referred to in chapter 15. This is important. That's why it's repeated. And so, in Acts chapter 11, verse 1, Peter defends God's grace to the Gentiles and this sign of the baptism in the Holy Spirit. The sign being baptism in the Holy Spirit. It says, Now the apostles and brethren who were in Judea heard that the Gentiles had also received the word of God. They weren't Jews, they were Gentiles. And when Peter came up to Jerusalem, those of the circumcision, they were of the law, they were contended with him, Peter, saying, you went into uncircumcised men and ate with them? You're a Jew. You're not supposed to be with people that are Gentiles. But Peter explained it to them in order for the, from the beginning, saying, I was in the city of Joppa praying. That's close to the Mediterranean. And in a trance, I saw a vision an object descending like a great sheet let down from heaven by four corners, and it came to me. So he's seeing this in this vision. And when I, when I observed it intently and considered it, I saw four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, creeping things, and birds of the air. And I heard a voice say to me, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But I said, Not so, Lord, for nothing common or unclean has at any time entered my mouth. And the stuff that is being shown and revealed in this vision is common, it is unclean, and it's not, you've said that I should not eat these things. The law says, don't eat these things. It's unclean. But the voice answered me again from heaven, what God has cleansed, you must not call common. Now this was done three times, and all were drawn up again into heaven. At that very moment, three men stood before the house where I was, having been sent to me from Caesarea. Then the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, told me to go with them, doubting nothing. Moreover, these six brethren accompanied me, and we entered the man's house where he was supposed to go. And he told us how he had seen an angel standing in his house. So this man, his name is Cornelius, we'll read of that in the chapter before told us how he had seen an angel standing in his house who said to him, send men to Joppa and call for Simon, whose surname is Peter, who will tell you words by which you and all your household will be saved. Call for this man. So the angel comes and says, you need to go to Joppa or send to Joppa, go to Joppa and find Simon, Peter, and have him come to you and he's going to speak to you that your whole household will be saved. This man was a Gentile, like you and I. And as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell upon us at the beginning. And I remembered the word of the Lord, how he said, John indeed baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. If therefore God gave them the same gift as he gave us when we believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could withstand God? 
When they heard these things, they became silent and they glorified God, saying, Then God has also granted to Gentiles repentance to life, to be saved and have eternal life, forgiveness of sins, life through Jesus Christ, and also the power of the Holy Spirit in their life. Let's go back one verse. There's more details in Acts chapter 10. And I'm only going to read a portion of it. When Peter comes to this man, he was a, he was a soldier. And he wasn't just any soldier. He was a centurion. So he was overseeing 100 soldiers. He was a man of prominence and of authority. And he was a good man. He did good things. He did alms, which are good deeds to help out those that are, are, are lacking but he didn't have, he didn't know God to be born of God. But he did good things and he prayed. He would pray. And God heard his prayer and sends Peter this vision about, hey, you can go talk to this Gentile who's unclean. Go talk to him. And that was a response to Peter when there's a knock on the door. The men are at the gate where he was staying, and he's going. They're saying, come. Cornelius wants for you to speak to him and to the household. So in Acts 10, 34, now before that, there's a, a, a big, you can read, you can read that. Read Acts chapter 10. The whole chapter is about leading up to this point where Peter starts to talk to them. It says, Then Peter opened his mouth and said, In truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality. He's not partial and saying, Oh, you're a Gentile, so sorry. Dave, you're a Gentile. You don't have opportunity for salvation, nor the, the power of the Holy Spirit. So Peter opened his mouth and said, I tr In truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality, but in every nation who fears him, and works righteousness is accepted by him. The word which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. That word you know, which was proclaimed throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Jesus was operating in the power of the Holy Spirit. And he's, so he's sharing this to Cornelius, to his family, and to the servants. I don't know how many were there, but there, there was the whole household plus the servants are listening to this. And we are witnesses of all these things which he did, both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem. We saw Jesus. We saw him healing the sick, doing good, and, 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 and healing those that were oppressed by the devil. For God was with him. So we were witness of these, all these things. And, he, and it happened both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem. Whom they killed. The Jews killed by hanging on a tree. Him God raised on the third day and showed him openly. Not to all the people but to witnesses chosen before by God. Even to us who ate and drank with him after he arose from the dead. Jesus rose from the dead on the third day. And he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that it is he who was ordained by God to be judge of the living and the dead. One day God will judge, Jesus will judge both the living and the dead. 
To him, all the prophets witness that through his name, whoever believes in him, Jesus, will receive remission of sins. Their sins will be taken care of. Now listen, look at what happens. So this, this man, his family, the servants are listening. And while Peter, and there's a receiving of it, the previous or the next chapter talks about them being saved. And even as he was still speaking these words, they believed we can have salvation in Jesus Christ and believing on his name. And so they were believing. And they were, as a result, they were saved even in the believing. And while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. And those of the circumcision who believed that had come with Peter, who believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. The Holy Spirit fell upon them. They got saved, and the Holy Spirit fell upon them, and they began to speak with tongues and other languages. This sign of the receiving of the Holy Spirit. Then Peter answered, can anyone forbid that these should not be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? We see that they receive the, the baptism in the Holy Spirit that we see there. We can hear they're speaking with other tongues. And so here's what happens. Right after that, there was a baptismal service in water. Can you imagine getting saved, filled with the Holy Spirit, and ba uh, baptized in water all on the same day? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. And then they asked him to stay a few days. Peter stayed there and he spent time with this, this family. One day we will, I will we'll meet Cornelius. He'll tell us about it. We'll meet his wife and his children, his servants that were saved. How do I receive the promise? How do I, how do we receive the promise of the Holy Spirit? In Galatians chapter 3 verse 5, listen. Because I know some of you have been seeking the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Some of you have been seeking the baptism in the Holy Spirit for a long time. Like we're not just talking, well, you know, I, I've, I've come to the Lord and I've asked him to fill me with the Holy Spirit. And it's been not just days or weeks or months, it's been years. Some of you have been seeking for decades. How do you receive the, the promise? Galatians 3, 5 says... Therefore, he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law? You doing something? Is it by you doing certain things that you receive the Spirit or is the supply of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit to you? Or is it by the hearing of faith? It's the hearing of faith. It's by faith. I receive the promise of the Father by faith. In Galatians 3.14, the same chapter, it says that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, who are in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. By faith. It's a promise to the Gentiles that are in Christ Jesus. In Galatians 3.26, same chapter, says, For you are all sons of God, how? Through faith in Christ Jesus. 
You become sons and daughters of the Most High God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. The moment you believed in Jesus Christ, you were baptized into Jesus Christ. Romans says you were baptized into his death as well. The moment you gave your life to Jesus because you believed on Jesus and the fact that he died for you, you were baptized into him by faith immediately, supernaturally, and you were baptized into his death supernaturally by faith. That is why there was such a powerful change in your life when you got saved. There is a transformation that took place because of the power of God made available to you at that time because your faith is in Jesus Christ and what he did for you on the cross. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. So whether you're of the law and religious nor Greek of, the, of this world and intellectual. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. So there's no distinction. It is available to every single person. Even as we have faith in Christ. We are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. An heir. What is an heir? Is somebody that will inherit something at the death of another. And if you're on the will, and we let me just say this, you and I are on the will of God. There's a will, a, a covenant, a testament. That's what it means, New Testament. There's a will and that you, as we believe in Jesus Christ, you're on that will to receive an inheritance and a promise, not just eternal life. I don't want to say just, but also the power of the Holy Spirit, the promise of the Father. Now, let me go back to the very beginning of this chapter because this faith in Jesus Christ, what is it? And the Galatians were shifting from what their faith should be in. There, the churches of Galatia, there were a number of churches, and here Paul is writing to all the churches of the province of Galatia, and he says, O oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified? Was he not betrayed to you as crucified? Jesus Christ and him crucified. That is where our faith should be in. And there's an impact in the, uh, on our lives. This only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the, the spirit by works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Once again, a rhetorical question. It wasn't by anything that you could do by keeping the law. It was by hearing the faith. To place your faith in Jesus Christ. To say, I believe. In Jesus Christ. I believe in him. And as a result, there's changes that take place in our life. Are you so foolish having begun in the spirit? He made you alive. Are you now being made perfect by the flesh, by your, your attempts to try to become more like Jesus in your own effort? Have you suffered so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? And there's a suffering that starts to happen, I'll tell you. When you start to shift your faith off of Jesus Christ and him crucified, and now you are starting to do things in your own strength. And I'll tell you, you trying to be a good person in your own strength 
you will fail. I know. I was there. I attempted to try to be a good person and follow Jesus in my own strength, and it was me doing this and that, and I failed. And I would beat myself up, and Satan would condemn me and say, look at you. You call yourself a Christian? I know nobody else knows about this, but man, this isn't good. You're not a Christian. There's a condemnation. And because I was trying so hard in my own righteousness, my own strength, to be a good person. My faith was in myself. And here Paul is saying, for goodness sake, that your faith would be in Jesus Christ and him portrayed as crucified. That's how, how Paul, wherever he went, he portrayed Jesus. He showed Jesus as crucified. So he talked not just about Jesus being this man that did many mighty miracles, but he talked about Jesus and the fact that he went to the cross and he died for you and I so that we can have life eternal as our sins are taken care of on the cross. He bore the brunt of our guilt and condemnation. And so the consequences of my sin was put on Jesus and he, he took it so that I wouldn't have to take it. So I can have life, so that you can have life. I say thank you, Lord. Every single sin, past, present, and future, is taken care of if I believe in Jesus Christ and Him crucified. It sounds like, well, past, present, and future. You're saying, Pastor, what, are you intending to sin? God forbid. Absolutely not. And I found it is so much easier to live my life now it is, it's like night and day just by going by faith in Jesus Christ and Him crucified daily. Otherwise, the stuff, the suffering go th we go through is in vain in that the faith that we used to have and that, that we got started by the Spirit is now no longer there. And it's like now we're, we're suffering with the things of sin and or attempting to overcome temptation and we recognize we can't do it in our own strength. Now, verse 5, Therefore, he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law, by your effort doing, being a good person, or by the hearing of faith? Faith in, in who and in what? In Jesus Christ and him crucified. Portray to us as crucified. It is by the hearing of faith, just as Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for a righteousness. Therefore, know that you, that only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham. We need to be of faith. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel to Abraham beforehand, saying, in you all the nations shall be blessed. So then those who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham, as just as Abraham believed, we are blessed as well. I say thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. So the promise of the Father... Jesus, just before he left the planet, he was, he was explaining some things. And he said to, to the, those his disciples, these are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. There are so many scriptures from the Old Testament that prophesied that Jesus would come and die. Hundreds and hundreds of verses written, hundreds and even or more than a thousand years prior saying that Jesus would come and he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures, the Old Testament and the, the, all that was written 
about him. And he said to them, thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ, for me to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. And that repentance, listen, that repentance and remission of sins, remission of sins is having your sins taken care of and totally remitted, taken care of. There's no consequences because they've been taken care of that it should be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem, in Jesus' name. And you are a witness of, the, of these things. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. The promise of my Father is for you. But tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Can we stand? There was about 120 at that time. The Holy Spirit fell, and here we are 2,000 years later, millions upon millions upon millions of believers because of the power of the Holy Spirit on people to preach the gospel and for there to be salvation take place. I want to pray I, this morning that you would say, fill me, Jesus. Baptize me, Jesus, in your spirit. I need the power of the Holy Spirit. I don't want you, listen, you want to argue the point? You won't be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's by faith. It's not by your logic. It's by faith. So over 50 years ago, when I was sitting in that loft, that choir loft, I was there by faith because I knew this is what the Word of God says, that we can be filled with the Holy Spirit. And there was a whole group of individuals that got baptized in the Holy Spirit that day because it was by faith. It wasn't by anything they did. If, they, if there was argument or, hey, I, I, I don't understand. You may not understand. It doesn't matter. But by faith, you say, I want the power of the Holy Spirit because I want to be a witness in these last days. I want, there are people that I care about and I love that don't know Jesus. They need to be saved. Lord, fill me with the Holy Spirit that I have the boldness and that rivers. Listen, not only do you have boldness, but you have rivers of living water flowing through you to bring life to others. Rivers of living water flowing from you as you share the gospel to them. And life comes. They grab a hold of the gospel and they have life coming to them. So as we pray, my prayer is that the Holy Spirit will fall upon each and every one of us afresh and anew. Every day there would be just a flow of the Holy Spirit. Lord, Thanks for joining us for the sermon. We really hope that God spoke to your life. You can find more of the Word of God by watching our service live stream and listening to our podcast on our website, lighthouseniagara.com. Thanks for joining us for the sermon. We really hope that God spoke to your life. You can find more of the Word of God by watching our live stream service and listening to our podcast on our website, lighthouseniagara.com.